Chapter Four of the Wheat Princess by Jean Webster. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. The announcement that a Principe Americano was coming to live in Villa Vivalanti occasioned no little excitement in the village. Wagons with furnishings from Rome had been seen to pass on the road below the town, and the contadini in the wayside vineyards had stopped their work to stare and had repeated to each other rumours of the fabulous wealth this signor principe was said to possess the furniture they allowed to pass without much controversy but they shook their heads dubiously when two wagons full of flowering trees and shrubs wound up the roadway toward the villa this foreigner must be a grasping person as if there were not trees enough already in the sabine hills that he must bring out more from rome the dissection of the character of prince vivalanti's new tenant occupied so much of the people's time that the spring pruning of the vineyards came near to being slighted the fountain-head of all knowledge on the subject was the landlord of the croce d'oro he himself had had the honour of entertaining their excellencies at breakfast on the occasion of their first visit to castel vivalanti and with unvarying eloquence he nightly recounted the story to an interested group of loungers in the trattoria kitchen of how he had made the omelette without garlic because princes have delicate stomachs and cannot eat the food one would cook for ordinary men of how they had sat at that very table and the young signorina principessa who was beautiful as the holy angels in paradise had told him with her own lips that it was the best omelette she had ever eaten and of how they had paid fifteen lira for their breakfast without so much as a word of protest and then of their own accord had given three lira more for mansa eighteen lira corpo di bacco that was the kind of guest he wished would drop in every day but when domenico paterno the baker of castel vivalanti heard the story he shrugged his shoulders and spread out his palms and asserted that a prince was a prince all over the world and that the americano had allowed himself to be cheated from stupidity not generosity for his part he thought the devil was the same whether he talked american or italian but it was reported on the other hand that bianca rosini had also talked with the forestieri when she was washing clothes in the stream they had stopped their horses to watch the work and the signorina had smiled and asked if the water were not cold for her part she was sure american nobles had kind hearts domenico however was not to be convinced by any such counter-evidence as this smiles are cheap he returned sceptically does any one know of their giving money no one did know of their giving money but there were plenty of boys to testify that they had run by the side of the carriage fully a kilometre asking for soldi and the signori had only shaken his head to pay them for their trouble si si what did i tell you domenico finished in triumph american princes are like any others perhaps a little more stupid but for the rest exactly the same there were no facts at hand to confute such logic and one night domenico appeared at the croce d'oro with a fresh piece of news his son tarquinio who kept an osteria in rome had told the whole story his name is copli signor eduardo copli and it is because of him domenico scowled that i pay for my flour twice the usual price when the harvest failed last year and he saw that wheat was going to be scarce he sent to america and he bought all the wheat in the land and he put it in storehouses he is holding it there now while the prices go up 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 and when the poor people in italy get very very hungry and are ready to pay whatever he asks then perhaps very charitably he will agree to sell ja that is the truth he insisted darkly 
everybody knows it in rome doubtless he thinks to escape from his sin up here in the mountains but he will see it will follow him wherever he goes Mache. it is the story of the bad prince over again finally one morning one friday morning some of the children of the village who were in the habit of loitering on the highway in the hope of picking up stray soldi reported that the americans horses and carriages had come out from rome and that the drivers had stopped at the inn of st agapito and ordered wine like gentlemen it was further rumoured that the principe himself intended to follow in the afternoon the matter was discussed with considerable interest before the usual noonday siesta it is my opinion said tommaso ferri the blacksmith as he sat in the baker's doorway washing down alternate mouthfuls of bread and onion with vivalanti wine it is my opinion that the signor americano must be a very reckless man to venture on so important a journey on friday and particularly in lent it is well known that if a poor man starts for market on friday he will break his eggs on the way and because a rich man has no eggs to break is that any reason the buon dio should overlook his sin things are more just in heaven than on earth he added solemnly and in my opinion if the foreigner comes to-day he will not prosper in the villa domenico nodded approvingly si si tommaso is right the americano has already tempted heaven far enough in this matter of the wheat and it will not be the part of wisdom for him to add to the account apoplexies are as likely to fall on princes as on bakers and a dead prince is no different from any other dead man only that he goes to purgatory it was evident however that the foreigner was in truth going to tempt fate for in the afternoon two empty carriages came back from the villa and turned toward palestrina obviously bound for the station all the ragazzi of castel vivalanti waited on the road to see them pass and beg for coppers and it was just as domenico had foretold they never received a single soldo the remarks about the principe americano were not complimentary in castel vivalanti that night but the little yellow-haired principino was handled more gently the black-haired little italian boys told how he had laughed when they turned somersaults by the side of the carriage and how he had cried when his father would not let him throw soldi and the general opinion seemed to be that if he died young he at least had a chance of paradise End of chapter four